Hello DFers, Alfie here. Welcome to the official Draft Fantasy Podcast. Obviously been a dark week in the football community this week, but nonetheless, we are bringing to you our show as normal. And it's a great show leading into Game Week 11. I'm pleased to say that Sam is back to impart his nun wisdom. Part one, we have our brief review of Game Week 10. Part two, our secret journalist takes time off from BBC Towers to preview Game Week 11 and has some advice as to where you can find those hidden player points. Part three, Sam tells us of his corporate trip to the Emirates. Hashtag real football. Hashtag prawn sandwich, more like. And we've also got more autobiography readings in Who Dat Man, Urger or Player. What a treat. Part four is the Game Week 11 fixture list. So let's not delay any further. Let's roll that music. The official Manners. Yes, boss. How are you? I'm all right, yeah. Good, good. Uh, <laughs> uh, welcome, everyone, to the Draft Fantasy Pod. Uh, I'm glad, pleased to say uh, I have Manners back in the studio uh, after his hiatus on holiday. How was your holiday? Uh, yeah, it was fine. Or were you just taking time off because you don't like football? Um, the, yeah, it was more of that. I didn't go anywhere. You've I given up on football, haven't you, mate? Uh, yeah, a bit, a bit. I, well, I've just been busy. Um, not going to lie, it's not ideal for a Draft Fantasy podcast. No, I know. I know, but I I I, I want to sort of think of it you as the everyman. And, yes, and that's what, m- most people who know me would call me an everyman. Yeah, just a just everyday a geezer, you know. That's you, mate, isn't yeah. it? You're the everyman. Okay, good. All right, let's do the um, before we get moving. Let's do the uh, game week ten roundup. Chelsea's title hopes gather momentum as they show Burnley that their Barkley really is as good as their bite. Mo Salah beats Cardiff, Watford smash the hard, Fulham get a spanking in front of their home fans as Bournemouth prove they enjoy a spot of Craven cottaging. Brighton slay the wall, Southampton and Newcastle draw nil-nil. Wait, no. Milivojevic proves again he is the penalty king as he rescues the draw for Palace. Whereas Pogba misses, but then scores as United flicks a martial law on Everton. And finally, the Man City offense puts one in the score back to defeat those Hotspurs in the Premier League's first ever NFL crossover game. Seven clean sheets this week. Brighton, Bournemouth, Chelsea, Watford, Southampton, Newcastle, Man City. Assist Kings, Salah, Ross Barkley, Fraser. Assisting defenders, Bruno, Alonso, Kika Firmina, Adam Messina. Who? Goal Kings, Callum Wilson, Mane, Milivojevic, all with two goal-scoring defenders this week. Balbuena, penalty misses, Pogba. Red cards, Kevin McDonald, Mark Noble. Pulling his plonker, of course. This week's top players, Manners, Ross Barkley. Mo Salah, Milivojevic, and Sadio Mane. And top players overall, Salah, Azard, Alonso. It sounds a bit familiar, doesn't it? It does. Salah, B- boringly familiar. Hey, some notable players this week I thought worth noting. Obviously, Brooks of Bournemouth. He's scoring, seems to be every week. Probably not. Loftus-Cheek played uh, 60 minutes and scored a goal. Just saying, just saying. Could be worth a pick up. And Adam Lana started against Cardiff. Uh, could he be on his way back to full fitness? Uh, and Fabinho started as well. There you go. Do you want some stats, Manners? Sure. Hmm. Wolves have lost back-to-back league games for the first time under manager Nuno Espirito Santo, whatever you say his name is. Another one. Despite losing 1-0 to Brighton, Wolves, that's the same team I was just talking about, had 60% possession, 25 shots, and 10 corners. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the last one, 
Pogba, who took 9.90 seconds to complete his penalty kick run-up, that's the same time as it took Jaden McNeil to solve a Rubik's Cube using only one hand. Is that true? Yeah. You've seen his run-ups, though. They're so... We obviously haven't, because you don't like I have, I have. He does that stupid little tiny step thingy. Well, this is... Quite, a lot of people can't see the benefit. I can I can sort of understand the benefit. It's to sort of put the keeper off your stride, but he still saved it, so it doesn't make any difference. But yeah. So it's just Rubik's stupid. Cube, Just mate. hit it. He's got a good leg on him. Twat it. You've got to twat, twat it. it, haven't you? Shearer. You dick around. It's something, when it goes wrong, you look like a, such a massive bell. And you don't yeah. look actually that much better when you've done something stupid to score. People just think, well, it was all right. You got away with it. But if you just belt it in the top corner, everyone's like, great pen. If you belt it and you're going for a top corner and you miss, you're like, oh, well, look, I see what he's doing. Yeah, but, but if, you, if you fuck it up when you're doing a dance, <laughs> people are just like, you massive bellend. Why what, didn't you just whack he, it? What he should have done is solve a Rubik's Cube with one hand yeah. and <laughs> yeah. then smashed it in the top corner. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would have still been annoyed about that. <laughs> but uh, Milivojevic, obviously, he took two penalties. Did not mess around, mate. Put it back in the net. No messing. Got himself a point for his team, didn't he? There's anyway. a problem with these Frenchmen, you know. Oh, we've gone straight into... Yeah, yeah. Got to please the audience, South. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, anti-French sentiment. Okay, right. So game week 10 manners. We haven't heard from you for a while. Yeah. How, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think I know the answer to this. How did you get on this week? I lost to Operation Thunder Twat. Yeah, you lost to me, didn't you? Me. And actually, that's an understatement. You got absolutely destroyed. Anyone would have got destroyed against you this week, Alfie. Yes, that's absolutely true. I mean, it's just as well you didn't change your team or do anything productive because it would have hurt more. But you got absolutely destroyed because I drafted in Barkley. Didn't I? Ross Barkley. Barkley Milivojevic... Delefeo and Callum Wilson. I'll tell you what, though, mate. Your team, who's performing well, is Kapue, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. He's got quite a few points recently. Looks pretty strong. Mm. Will Aldum got some points. And that's it. Yeah. It was a, it was a poor week. But the thing is, is that I'd be really interested to see what the average team got this week because... Um, I know it'll be above me, but I'd be... I don't know how much above. And also, I still didn't come last, thankfully. You're just talking about in our league, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah and uh, the average team in our league, yes. Who Tristan's got this week. Yeah, it's a strange one, though, isn't it? No, but it's it, not. It makes perfect sense. I like it. Yeah, well, I don't know about the average team. Cause, so, for those who don't know, we've got 11 teams in our league. So, one fixture is against uh, an average team. But I can't work out. I think... But if you score... Mm. Surely that's going to put the average score up. So you don't want to do well. But then again, you've got to do well to get points. I don't understand how that works. Yeah, but it's only going to put it up by however, whatever percentage. Oh. <laughs> we need a maths person. <laughs> as soon as I said percentage, <laughs> like, oh. It's Brain is breaking down. We need a specialist for that to put our mind to rest. Hey, you, what you going to do? Hey, you, what you going to listen to? Hey, do you want um, a quick quiz question that I can leave with you and then you can tell me at the end? Uh, okay. Right? Who scored more Premier League goals for Liverpool? Was it Luis Suarez or Fernando Torres? More more Premier League goals for Liverpool. Was it Luis Suarez or Fernando Torres? Do you want some time to think about no, that? No, I'm, I'm moderately confident that it's Torres because... 
I feel like Suarez was only there for two seasons. Mm. Am I right? Are you going to go with Torres? Yeah. The answer is Luis Suarez. No! no! Yeah, Suarez got 69, whereas oh, Fernando Torres got 65. Well, how many seasons? I'd like to know goals, goals per game ratio, because Suarez must, must be killing it. On I that. mean, I have got that written down. I just want, don't want to disclose that information. It's not oh. that I didn't research that bit. Oh. No, I haven't got oh, that right. information. Just being silly. Never mind. Hey, who is the all-time record knob. Premier League goal scorer for Fulham with 50? Uh, Fulham. I mean, I know, I know, but is it? Would it? Would it be some time to think? Uh, yes, I'll give it. We'll come back at the end. Right now, let's go on with part two. Here we are at part two. Part two normally means we're going to go and speak to our secret journalist manners. Oh yeah, him. Yes, him. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get some actual professional insight. Real content. Real stuff from our secret journalist, Phil Dogs. The secret journalist. Shh, it's a bloody secret. Hey, Phil. How are you, mate? How are you? Well, that that was, oh, sorry, that was unexpected. What, what, just for the purposes of people listening to this podcast, what you haven't heard there is a good 30 seconds to a minute of Alfie trying to figure out what song to sing. Yeah. And, and he's, then, now just, he's bailed on the entire concept. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm not going to lie, mate. I couldn't think of one. And that's strange, isn't it? Yeah. So what I'll do, I'll think of one later and then just send you it through the post. Oh, oh yeah, just just like as you, as soon as you have all the power, you could just edit it in and make me look truly. <laughs> yeah, you look like a right dick. <laughs> yeah. <it's> like... <laughs> anyway, how are you, mate? How was your How was yeah. game week ten? How was game week ten? Oh, for me, all right. Yeah, I won. So you I, snuck I... past uh, Ryder, didn't you, with a Jason <laughs> Pickford performance? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, P- Pickford's been a bit of an MVP for me the last couple of weeks. He's saving penalties left, right, and centre. So yeah, I'm getting. Getting nice, nice juicy points out of him. Because he didn't help me out against Ben, but he, he did against uh, Ryder. Didn't he not get uh, eight points despite conceding two goals? He did, yeah, he did, and and also not. I mean, technically not. He saved the penalty, but technically didn't save the penalty. Guy kind of, yeah. It's a, it's a bit of a controversial area, that isn't it? The whole penalty one. Yeah, and also you got David Brooks, mate. David Brooks. Yeah, I know. What can I say? I I, I I think I might have, um, if I remember rightly, put him up as one of my sort of hidden gems earlier in the season. Um, obviously, I say I say put him up as a hidden gem, but having having actually you know traded him in prior to me putting that as a as a recommendation, I made sure I got trading before I recommended him to any of you a lot. But yeah, I don't get the opportunity to, to kind of blow my own trumpet a lot. But this is this is one of those occasions where I'm and you know and I'm glad that Manners is here actually because I can say the same about Matt Doherty as well because he was another one that uh, that I recommended. Manners decided that I was trying to play him for a fool and he, who's a fool now? Sam? <laughs> I don't. To be honest, I couldn't remember his name the next day. <laughs> Fair enough. They, so you just took the other Wolves defender. That's fine. Hey, Wolves didn't do too well, yeah. but uh, uh, Adama Troy did start for you. He did start, yeah. He did start. I did, he did nothing because I watched that game. I was at work and I watched it. And he was very much his um, Forrest Gump self, you know, just running down blind alleys and very quickly, but not very effective. Let's look at this upcoming fixture list. Have you yeah. got any predictions or you got some player predictions? What you got? Oh, I've got, I mean, I've got a mixture of both because I've got, 
I've got some actual predictions for games, but I've also got some. I'm almost going back to a kind of a hidden gem type angle on stuff. I've okay. picked out some players that, that might be worth looking at, but it just depends what you want to do first. Let's do that. All right, well, I'll go for those. Well, I've, what I've done is I've, I've picked up because I looked at the fixtures that are coming up, and I uh, and there are some teams that are struggling so far this season that granted quite a lot of people in DF. Certainly, if it's if your leagues are anything like our league. You've, everyone's just left them alone and so I think it might be worth suggesting some players that might have potential to do something in the coming weeks playing for rubbish teams okay good uh, so now this is not necessarily this is the cat's out of the, ba- uh, out of the bag a little bit on this because they're not necessarily hidden gems but um, I've picked a couple of Cardiff players to start with mm. um, one of whom is probably has been picked up by a fair few people, I would have thought. Certainly, if, if there's a Cardiff player you're going to pick up, he's he's the one you should get, and that's Josh Murphy. Looks dangerous, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a midfield player. He's he's who plays you know forward. He's an attacking midfield player. Um, he is you know he's quick, he's direct, he's uh, he's he's had plenty of shots on on goal from inside the box, and he's got twelve so far, which is pretty much the highest any Cardiff player has done. Um, and he's uh, he, he's looked useful. He's, he's, he creates chances, and and he's probably as good as you're going to get at Cardiff. Because looking at their fixture, they've got two home games coming up. Unless they've got Leicester at home and Brighton at home. Now they're winnable games for them. Uh, well, um, obviously Patterson's now their informed striker. His XG is through the roof. Well, it's interesting you said because I was going to mention Callum Patterson because he, he's a really interesting one in the sense that he is a fullback turned midfielder now turned striker, um, and he's. He, you know, he's almost playing there because none of the other Cardiff strikers were pulling the weight, and he scored two, is it two and two, and now he's he's got two and two, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I mean, he's not. You're never going to look at him and think that he's he's a, he's a player for the long term. And certainly Cardiff, if they if they had a you know kind of a better scenario, they they wouldn't be playing him there. But he's he's a big lad. He causes problems, and he's clearly going to be their main striker at least for the next game. You would think so. It might be worth uh, it might be worth a dabble. Uh, yeah, the other I was going to look at um, suggest some players from West Ham as well because they've got Burnley at home and they've got Huddersfield away, two winnable games again. You might think um, th- again, this one might be might be slightly out of the bag, but I was going to suggest Balbuena. Mm, I have to say, I have to say, I was quite impressed with West Ham the other day. They looked pretty solid. Balbuena and uh, the other lad is it is it Jop? Oh, Diop, yeah, he's a good player. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, very good. He's, he's, I thought they looked pretty solid, actually, West Ham. I thought they were unlucky yeah. not to get a result. Yeah, I, th- I think Pellegrini's getting his message across there. I think they're starting to look like a decent... And, and considering that they didn't have Arnautovic um, against Leicester as well, it was a good result that they got there. Um, Snodgrass is another one that you might want to consider because he is getting a run again. I mean, he was out on loan last season, but he's getting a bit of a run in the first team this year. He's created chances while he's been in there, and, he, and he's always you know, a threat for doing so. I think he takes corners, so he's worthwhile. The other one is, this is a bit this is a bit of a gamble in that he might not play, but he's certainly going to be involved at the right end of the pitch for scoring points if he does play, and that's Mikel Antonio. Mm. He's a busy player, isn't he, Mickey? He's busy. He's busy, and he can be, he's another one who's a bit frustrating and doesn't maybe punch his way as much as he should do, but he's always going to be in the thick of it. He's a physical presence in the box. He has shots. Uh, he creates chances. He's, he might be worth a gamble if he, if he might get a start. Um, the other team I was going to say he's actually one of the teams playing West Ham and that's Huddersfield in that they've got Fulham at home and then West Ham at home 
and they are so in desperate need of getting some wins on the board that this might be a time where you might want to give give a few of their players a little go. Um, the, oh no, the, the only other player that struck me as, as potentially um, was, and again, I'm, I'm going to go back to a familiar topic of mine, which is Wolves. Um, was, <laughs> yeah, I love, love a bit of Wolves. Well, um, I was. It was interesting in that you mentioned about Traore starting that game. Um, I, I wonder whether he's now starting to consider, particularly in his wide front three, the wide players in his front three, whether he might start to try and chop and change those to try and find something because they've, they've lost a couple of games now. It's not quite clicking how it was, and you know, Helder Costa has played well at the start of the season, but he's not provided much in terms of goal contribution yet. I don't think he's. I don't think he's assisted or scored any goals yet in, in the games that he's played. Um, Traore obviously came in um, at the weekend and didn't really, you know, kind of contribute as much as you would have liked. The player I was going to suggest that might come in, who was excellent for him last season, is Ivan Cavallero. Mm, he had and, a good season last season, didn't he? Yeah, he's a very, very good footballer. He's a very sort of intelligent, smart footballer, and he he was very heavily involved in their promotion team last season. And I wonder whether he might get a little bit of a run out next few weeks. Mm, interesting. See, I've they got Spurs, haven't they? They got the Spurs in that. 1945, not the year 1945, a quarter to eight <laughs> kickoff on a Saturday night. Uh, yeah, I've got I've got Spurs down to win that with a clean sheet. Yeah, I, I think I think Spurs, especially after what happened tonight, I mm. think Spurs might might they'll obviously want to bounce back and they're a good football team. They've got Ericsson and Ali back now. It looks like mm. they both. Ali sold. came on, did all right, didn't he? Yeah, on that bobbly yeah. NFL pitch. Yeah, okay, terrible, absolutely terrible. Yeah. yeah, it's just. I mean, I, I, I don't get me wrong. I, I appreciate that that you know people want to make money and stuff like that, but it shouldn't come at the expense of having to leave a football pitch like that. I mean, how they expected to get the ball in the score bag? Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But also, what it what it kind of shows up as well is man, the the way there was such a brown strip just down the middle of the pitch, which <laughs> yeah. shows that, that that suggests to me that American football players, particularly the ones that run with the ball, don't have a lot of imagination. <laughs> <laughs> get get it out wide, so what you doing through the middle all the time well, it was really surprising was how narrow the pitch was wasn't it the, yeah. the nfl well, pitch but they need loads of space on the side don't they for all like the kind of coaches and the, and all the kind of subs and everybody to sort of chest pump each other every time anyone does anything at all no matter <laughs> how insignificant uh, thank you very much for your input uh, this week phil uh, appreciate Note. it as always uh manners do you have any words of wisdom for dorks before he goes no is the answer for Manners. He no. can't even be bothered to speak into the microphone. Um, um, that's that's hardly surprising for a man who fails to change his team any week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. Thanks very much, then, Phil. We'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Alfie. See you later, Sam. Cheers. Bye. Journalist. Ah, there we go. That was our secret journalist. Thank you very much for dogs. We're now into part three. Part three, manners. Do you want a stat? Yeah, um, I love stats. Let's have a stat attack. Give me a stat. So the last time Newcastle failed to win any of their opening 10 matches of league season was 120 years ago. The past six sides who failed to win any of their first 10 Premier League games went to went on to be relegated. So that's Norwich, Watford. QPR, Reading, 
Burnley and Sunderland. Doesn't look good for Newcastle, mate, does it? They look gasheroonie. Anyway, I mean, are you even playing DF anymore? I mean, what's mate, going I'm on? I am now elite. I go to Arsenal games in the corporate box. Oh, yeah. Oh, tell us about that. You breaking news. Sam Manley yeah, goes I didn't want to, to talk a football about, I didn't want to bring it up, but um, now that you're asking about that, I will. Uh, yeah, went to um, Arsenal on a uh, on a jolly. So what game did you go to? Arsenal-Leicester last Monday. Oh, right, okay. At Emirates, obviously. Yeah, it was bloody brilliant, mate. It was a corporate jolly, sorted out by Ben, obviously, last week's co-host. Um, and in his massively well-to-do job as uh, running a charity, he managed to get... God knows how swung this corporate uh, this corporate do basically to go to Emirates in a corporate box. It was brilliant, and we thought it was going to be this whole lawyer. So it was through this lawyer company or the solicitors that possibly be sponsoring his charity. So we figured they'd be entertaining lots of different charities and uh, clients in this sort of corporate do. You know why you would f- fork out for tickets and the meal and the, and all this. You know all the booze and stuff. But when we bowled up, the contact who Ben had from the solicitors was there. And she's an actual solicitor at this firm. And she was the only one there. And we were the only corporate client. The only client. Yeah. So it was just it was just us three. And we'd done lots of briefing beforehand. So it was like, okay, you have... Well, I do actually work with Ben's charity. So I could have, you know, had it been like, oh, so why are you here? You know, like sort of networking. There's a point to me being there. Anyway, so we go there. So we meet her and we're like, oh, right, it's going to be dead easy. And she didn't ask us any questions about like, you know networky style questions that we've done loads of prep for she was just like yeah yeah come and have a three course meal so we had a three course meal beautiful little restaurant in the corporate section I mean it's so football this isn't it it's right. just so grassroots sat this, down glass it? champagne uh, <laughs> amuse bouche um, and then you know the football starts and you literally just walk about 10 metres and then you're out on a, te- on a really nice little sort of terrace so you do sit in the stadium you're not actually sat in a you're not in a glass box. That's yeah, what yeah. I thought it was going to be. But I was actually better because you actually got and sat, you know, with the crowd. Well, with the crowd, there was other corporate people there. But there were also some fans, specifically Maria, who's actually a famous uh, Arsenal fan who did a load of sort of like quite traditional old chants at really quiet moments. And she has. When you say traditional old chants, are they choice words? In there? No, 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 no. Like, um, like 1950s sort of wholesome chants, Royal the Road. Come on, stuff. the Arsenal! Yeah, yeah, precisely that. A-R-S-E-N-A-L, I love you. Ooh. That kind of thing. Um, just like, go, go, Gunners! Go, boys! Go on! And then if uh, one of the French players, well, so whenever any Arsenal player touches the ball, uh, she'd be like, hello, whoever it was. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so, but she was so fucking loud and she did it whenever it, it was quiet. But it was like piercingly loud and we were just in hysterics. And, and then Bucky looked up subsequently that she is actually, um, she's, she's well known, she's been going to Arsenal for years. She's season ticket holder. She goes to all youth games, goes to every away game, goes to every Champions League game. She's had like TV bits done on her and stuff. And then Bucky found a whole thread on Reddit about how everyone where she used to sit either at Highbury, I don't know wherever, but anyway, just moaning about how annoying she was because it was so loud. And there's other people really go, well, she sounds like a real fan, unlike you guys. And like, you'd have to sit well, next to her every I, game. There, there is, oh, okay, uh, everyone thinks they're a real fan, especially for years of going on the terraces, Fratton Park, right? There's loads of real fans that sing all the time and stuff, but they don't watch football and they don't know anything about football, which is fine. It's fair enough. But 
they're not necessarily real fans. They just go and give support, which is nice and it's good as the atmosphere. But you know, just mm. to sing songs doesn't mean. No, I mean it's more. She, it's just she's always. I mean, she... I'd find it fucking annoying. Someone just going, "Go Arsenal." It's a bit like when we go and watch the World Cup. There's people in the pub going, "Come on, England! Come on!" I don't mind if it's just a shout of frustration or just sort of out of passion. But she was obviously wait. She obviously waits for the quiet moments, and then she's got these quite obscure sort of traditional um, songs that she obviously likes singing or, you know, chants. Sorry, the more well, chants... I suppose that's nice it's, it's and nice offensive. And I mean, that's what the bloody hell football is meant to be At about. least she's not singing traditional songs from the 70s that were... Inappropriate. Yes. Uh, but the other thing was... Um, so, game-wise, mate, um, Leicester came out and was smashing Arsenal. I was like, oh, God, same old Arsenal. Mm. But um, then, it, like, literally, it felt like just after half-time... Well, we, that's generally the thing for Arsenal, is after half-time. Yeah. Uh, we came out a bit late because we hadn't quite finished our cheese and pints that were waiting for us when we came you back in. You are such a lad. Uh, and um, our host had rather a large glass of Merlot that she wasn't able to complete. <laughs> uh, then we got back to the seats. And yeah, so it felt like after five minutes of being back at our seats, he brought on um, a Bangyang um, and someone else. I can't remember who now. Either way, a Bangyang scored two goals like within like a minute of coming amazing. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was brilliant. And, and they suddenly looked just completely... Like when Arsenal's like Arsenal are meant to be when they're at their best. And Without just, Wenger, yeah. But it was, it was weird that they weren't able to. They just couldn't find anything. They looked so lost when Leicester were coming at them. But they're just in a, a mode of transition. To be fair, he's done a good job, Emery, and uh, yeah, they're they're in transition. He's 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 getting rid of all the rot that was been there for years. This mm. weird. Like spell that's been cast in the club by that guy, and um, he's he's doing all right. They'll 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 be all right, but just second half of the moment they get destroyed by Liverpool next week. Apparently, I'll tell you what, Emirates is a wicked stadium to go to. You can be in and uh, you can get in and get to your seats really quick. The, I, I, I can't get out of the stadium though. No, no. If you're walking towards Angel Way, it's fucking. Oh uh, well, yeah, yeah. All the streets are busy, but I seem to remember they're always going to moan when they left Highbury to go there. But I'll tell you what, when they were when they were on when they were scoring goals and the singing started in earnest, like the whole stadium singing, it was so loud. No, it, it's it was fucking bollocks. It mate. was no, it was. I'm really, telling you, the really Emirates. Loud. I've been to a few games. The Emirates. It's not very loud at all. You need well, to go and watch some real there? football. You need to go and watch some real watch football, there? mate. I watched Arsenal play Newcastle. One of the biggest piles of shit I've what ever was seen. What's the score? One nil Arsenal. There you go. You go and watch them put on a show for four. Yeah, one maybe, or four but I'm telling you, you know, Arsenal fans are famously quiet, and anyone that argues that is a mug. All right? You want to go and see some real football games, mate? Get yourself to Dulwich Hamlet. <laughs> I actually know the person who runs Dummit. Oh, Hamlet. lovely. Very nice. No, they're having a nightmare. Anyway, I didn't want to piss in your parade. It sounds like you have a lovely time, and I'm so glad I was invited. <laughs> Let's do Who Dat Man, a Jettle Player. Who Dat Man, a Jettle Player Player. Who Dat Man, a Jettle Player Player. I'm a manager, oh, I'm a player. I wrote a book, I got to tell you. Read all the juicy bits. 12.99 from W.H. Smith. Here we are then, Who Dat Man, a Jettle Player. Yes, it's that feature where manners uh, will read out a autobiography. So not all of it, just little bits from uh, from a, a former player or manager 
or someone related to football. And I have to guess who it is. And then what normally happens is we rip the piss of those persons mm. <laughs> until one day people are going to come and beat us up. Yeah. By the manners. The manager's thinking was that the team taking the throw was weakened. They only had 10 men on the pitch and we should take advantage. It all seemed a bit Mickey Mouse to me. They were a man down for all of a second, but that didn't stop him making us watch years of videos. Whenever it came to team selection, he'd always stick to the same players. That was better than tinkering about, I suppose, but it led to complacency among the lads who weren't, who weren't playing regularly, especially me. I didn't need an excuse to muck about. When we played Finland away in Helsinki as a warm-up to Euro 92 in Sweden, Graham told the whole squad he preferred his preferred starting 11 for the tournament before we'd even got on the plane. Fair enough, he had every right. But with me, that was a mistake. Knowing that I wasn't playing gave me another excuse to slack off. In the hours before the Finland match when the squad was supposed to be sleeping, I sat up, watched the telly and waxed the dolphin. It was quite a nice afternoon. I mean... Is that, you, is that a euphemism for wanking? I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 Maybe I should be doing to be, unless they had a pet dolphin. <laughs> there were more shocks. Whenever we walked into training, physio Gary Lewin would be waiting to shove a keratine tablet in our gobs. That was Arsenal all over. We never had to do anything for ourselves. It was all done for us. In our dressing room before the Blackburn match, Arson walked around and gave us all a massive brown tablet minutes before kickoff. It was pure caffeine, the equivalent of 10 Starbucks coffees. My heart started banging away, and over 30 minutes later, it was still going. When we went back in at half-time, just as the bonus was wearing off, he started walking around again, though this time, he gave us all a sugar cube. <laughs> what the fuck's all this? I thought. He told us to suck on him slowly, and we all looked at each other, none of us knowing what the hell was going on. We were used to having teacups chucked at us, not sweets. When we found out that he'd actually watched us play several times after signing his contract with the club, it all made sense. We would often start the, the second half of a match quite slowly, and can sometimes be a bit lethargic. The cubes were supposed to perk up the sugar levels in our blood and keep us sharp after the break. We won at Blackburn 2-0, but some of the lads weren't so chuffed about the caffeine tablets. Quite a few of them had to run to the Kazi with the shits after the final whistle had been blown. Years later, one of my front teeth fell out while I was yapping my way through a match report on Soccer Saturday. Jeff and the lads laughed, fell about laughing because I had to spend the rest of the show whistling through a gap in my gnashes. When I went to the dentist and got charged a couple hundred quid for a new tooth, I seriously thought about sending the bill to Arsenal. I'm sure it was down to those sugar cubes. What? Uh, although, to be fair... You know me. If I had to drink, if I had to take caffeine, I would be shitting uh, my pants. Mm. Um, well, you, you, yeah, you can't even eat a relatively simple rice dinner without having massive problems. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll reveal that one day. My autobiography. Okay. Okay. I thought I I thought I knew where I was going with this, but then yeah, it could have been thought, someone yeah, else. Yeah. You've got. Yeah. You've got to. Yeah, so it actually wasn't as easy. But I, I mean, I've got some absolute corkers. Here. Um. But if it's on Soccer Saturday, well, I suggest it's the midfielder rather than the defender. Mm. Okay. My habit got so bad that I'd get home from training, draw the curtains, and sit in the dark. A couple of piles of white powder chopped up on the table in front of me. Teletext's dog racing page was on hold and my bookie was on speed dial. <laughs> I bet 
and snort a line. Bet, 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 snort a line. That's what it does say, and it's and it's written like that. Very good. Very good. If the gas man had knocked on the door to read the meter, or a mate had turned up at the house unexpectedly, I'd have crapped myself. I was so screwed up in the head that the slightest noise gave me fear. I don't know how much I spent on cocaine. I was so off my face when I bought it, I couldn't keep up with how much I was doing. What I do know was that I once owed a dealer 400 quid for a night's worth of gear. I was going out on benders three or four times a week, depending on how often Arsenal were playing. It didn't need Professor Stephen Hawking to work out a theory of misery. To realise that I was spending shed loads of money on lorry loads of drugs and heading for the universe's biggest black hole. Oh, nice! Nice use of Hawkins in there. That's good. Um, I know, it is. Okay, with the white powder, suggests it has to be Paul Merson. It is, indeed. Who is actually a Portsmouth legend. God. He is, mate. Again, uh, another symptomatic problem of English football. Like, this is all how you're meant to be. Oh, you're meant to get smashed. Oh, you're meant to be a bit of a dick. Oh, you're meant to mess around. <laughs> Isn't it fun? Grosey was used to stick. My party piece was to shit in his pillowcase just to really wind him up. I used to love seeing the look on his face as he realised I'd left him a little bedtime prezzy. When he caught me the first time squatting above his bed, <laughs> let him walk. <laughs> I know, letting Ron go, he couldn't believe his eyes. Merce, what the fuck are you doing? He screamed. I didn't stop to explain. When Grosey left for Ars- uh, Arsenal for Southampton, I was sad to see him go. But when I started sharing a room with midfielder Ray Parler, I realised I found someone who was just as lively. Oh. <laughs> well, we all know about Ray Parler, don't we? Yeah, that, that's just as if, I mean, I just don't even know where to start. I mean, it sounds like he picked on someone for a long time and hounded him out of the club yeah. <laughs> until I was shit in his mouth, right? Yeah, and he left. Oh, I was disappointed. But if he shared a room with him and he shat in the his, the pillowcase of his roommate, then he has he will suffer from the consequences of that as well. Yeah, it's true. That's just insane. Unless, it's unless he can't stupid. smell his own brand, but you can always oh, smell I mean, shit. For, yeah, but I mean, for God's sakes, you know. That's for like two minutes. I mean, if you have to actually bed in a room with your own shit, I mean, it's a whole different kettle of fish. It's bad enough to go in a toilet on your own, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. Especially with the way they were drinking. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this, this, this delightful little uh, passage goes on. Oh, Christ. <laughs> that holiday, George had put us, i.e. him and Ray, in a room next door to our keeper, Dave Spunky Seaman who'd signed in 1990, and Lee Dixon, we called them the straight batters because they never got involved with the drinking and messing around like some of us did. Yeah, idiots. (laughs) They were always the first to bed whenever we went out on the town. I was the complete opposite. I rarely slept on club holidays, and I'd always pay the bar staff a a few extra quid to leave out a bin of beers and ice for when we got back from the pub. That way we could drink all night. One morning, Dixon and Spunky went off for a walk while Ray and me snored away our hangovers. When I woke up, I needed the Kazi. So, still half cut, I thought it would be funny to bunk over the adjoining balcony and put a big shit in front of the straight batter's sea view. I didn't think anything of it, until a few hours later, when I was sitting by the pool with Ray, soaking up the sun. Suddenly, I could hear Spunky going ballistic, his deep northern voice booming around the hotel and scaring the seagulls away. Who the fuck's done that? Oh, sorry. Can't do no Who the that. fuck's oh, done that? Yeah. Me and Ray were falling about the pool like he needed to ask. 
does he think that he's being well received? Because with the impression I get, and everyone's going like, "Stop doing that, you bit of a knob," and he's like, "Everyone's loving it," but they're quite clearly not, right? I just, I don't know who. I mean, some people must have laughed at the idea of him doing shit on somebody else's balcony, but but it seems like a. It feels like, I mean, he's shitting. And in people's rooms and stuff. Is that normal? Well, I know that, like, squaddies and stuff do it, don't they? But, I mean... <laughs> I knew I could get a lock-in at the Rose and Crown. I called up my missus and asked her to make up our fancy new brand... our fancy brand-new sofa bed for Tone when we got back. Once the team coach pulled up at the training ground, we got into Tone's car and drove to the pub. We finished our last pint at four in the morning. Tone gave me a lift back to the house and nearly killed us twice before parking in the street at some stupid angle. I crept inside, not wanting to wake Lorraine. Put Tone into bed and crashed out. When I woke up later, Lorraine was standing over me with a copy of the Daily Mirror in her hand. Look what they've done to him, she said, showing me the back page. Some smart-ass editor had drawn a comedy donkey ears on the photo of Tone. Underneath was the headline, E or Adams. And all because, all because he'd scored an own goal. He got one for us too, but that didn't seem to matter. What a nightmare, I said. Are you going to tell him? Bollocks, am I. Let him find out when he's filling up at the petrol station. I could hear Tone getting his stuff together downstairs. Then he shouted to us, See you later, Merce. Thanks for letting me stay, Lorraine. When I heard the front door go... <laughs> it's like a really shit play. When I, when I heard the front door go, I knew we were off the hook. Lorraine got up to sort the sofa bed out so we could watch the telly, and I got up to make us a cup of tea. Then Lorraine started shouting, He's pissed to bed! I looked over to where she was pointing at a massive wet patch on our brand new furniture. I was furious. I grabbed the paper and chased down the street after Tone as he pulled away in his car. You donkey, Adams, I shouted. You're a fucking donkey. Oh, well, there you go. So um, I, just didn't want, I just didn't want you to think that there wasn't semantics to do with piss as well. Because it seems to me that no good football autobiography uh, biography has um, a lack of piss. You have to have piss. He uh, was angry about the piss. I know, but you've got to... Yeah. Not angry about him shitting in... That's okay. Yeah. That, His mate who yeah, has, who's dr- ac- who is an alcoholic, alcoholic, by the way. Accidentally urinating into a, a, into a bed. Not having that, you, you donkey prick. <laughs> There's this one where he talks to Harry Redknapp somewhere. I can't hear that. anymore. Okay, yeah. I Although mean, that was, you meant to tell me the Pompey ones, for Christ's sake. I know, I was going to, but I didn't... To be fair, I wasn't sure... Yeah, so that's... I mean, to be honest, I've been sent a lot here, but... That is Probably all we can bear. Hey, so that was Paul Merson's autobiography. What's the uh, autobiography called? called? You can ask me what it's called. I don't know. Um, Thank you for... How Not to Be a Professional Footballer. To be fair, he's nailed it with the title. Oh, okay. How Not to Be a Professional Footballer, yeah. It still feels quite celebratory, though, doesn't it? There's something... um, Yeah, there's something quite unapologetic. I suppose they know... It could be that he knows who he's writing for. So if you buy Paul Merson's book, uh, you know, you're going to want some Coke, you're going to want some drinking stories, and you're going to want some, you know, shit on balconies. So it just seems to be a bit like, oh, it's what you're doing, it. We were, we didn't know any better. That's how it was. Yeah, shit in your face, yeah. yeah. Shit in your pillow. That's what I do. Anyway, on that note, <laughs> where can one buy such a great book? 1299 WH Smith? Yeah, probably. All right, that was that then. Paul Merson, How Not to Be Footballer. Read it in your own time, not in ours. Who's that man? Who's your old player, player? Who's that man? Who's your old player, player? I'm a-
the book, I got to tell ya. Read all the juicy bits. 12.99 from WH Smith. There we go, that was Who That Man, a gentle player. We're now into part four. Manners, have you got an answer for me for the Fulham question? Uh, Fulham's all-time Premier yeah, League yeah, yeah, top yeah. goal scorer. No, just give me a second, give me a second. He's American. Oh, 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 oh. He looked, the shaved head guy, yeah. Oh, shit. Dark. Yes. Oh, fuck. What's his name? <laughs> Clint Dempsey. Yay. Yes. Well done. With oh, thank well God. Done. Thank God. Okay, right. Before we go, part four uh, is the game week fixtures. So game week 11 coming up. Here we go. Saturday the 3rd of November. We've got an early kickoff. AFC Bournemouth against Manchester United. Then we have Cardiff against Leicester. Everton against Brighton. Newcastle against Watford. West Ham against Burnley. Arsenal against Liverpool is the evening kickoff, and then the extra evening kickoff uh. at quarter to eight on uh, Saturday. God. It's Wolves against Tottenham. It's unbearable how much they screw. That is weird. Sunday, the 4th of November, you've got Man City against Southampton, Chelsea against Palace, and then another Monday night football Huddersfield against Fulham. Oh, <laughs> sign me up. Yeah, not that one. Uh, so, yeah, so some interesting fixtures. I'm going to go bold. I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to say Alfie's clean sheets. Yeah, I'm going to go with City, Chelsea, Spurs, West Ham and United. That's mm. where the points are, yeah. Mm. You heard it here first. Yeah. Uh, or if it's all wrong, you didn't hear it here at all. Anything else you want to add, Manners, before we go? Uh, no, no, I'm, no. Are you going to adjust your team this week or not? Yeah, I might do some tomorrow, actually. Uh, it's quietened down a bit now, and uh, yeah, yeah, might be time. Might be time to... Uh, I mean, is it time to ship Pereira out of your team because he doesn't play for United at all? Um, I, you know, I like having red on the team sheet. You know, uh, those uh, stat that says red team teams that play in red um, do better. So, you know. It is true. Okay, that's it from us. Thank you so much. We're off now to go shit into a pillowcase. <laughs> Shit into a pillowcase and put it in there. And then if someone comes around who's an alcoholic and pisses themselves, we will get very, very angry. In the meantime, take care of yourselves and each other. Enjoy game week 11. We'll be back again in two weeks' time. Uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks very much. Say goodbye, Manners. Goodbye, Manners. See you later. Bye-bye. The official show of the Scott Podcast. And it's